grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Always was and always will be the theme of this NADOC week this year, concluding today. And the Lutheran Church of Australia acknowledges that our loving Creator God first gave the land on which we are placed to the peoples of the First Nations who have walked and cared for the land since before recorded time. We thank God for the land's traditional custodians and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging as we travel this journey of reconciliation in Australia. NADOC Week is observed every year. Um, usually in July, this year was delayed COVID issues, so they put it through to November, which we've just had one week of celebrations for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people, their histories and cultures, and the text for our medication for us to ponder with their theme in place that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, neither, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. Galatians chapter 3.28. Now the theme for NADOC chosen for this year by the NADOC Week Committee is always was and always will be. To acknowledge the fact that the First Nations people have occupied and cared for this continent from before recorded time. But for us as Christians, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal together, we can take this statement to a higher level. You think of always was and always will be. What do you think of? God. Huh? God. Always was and always will be. Uh, he is the one who truly spans time and eternity. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the only one of whom it can be said he always was and always will be. Now God created, of course, the whole vast cosmos of which this little planet that we call home is just a part of it. Um, but we are focused mainly on where we live, aren't we? He brought order out of chaos and he separated the land from the seas and he brought about time, he brought about life, a variety of life on this earth and of course the seasons on, of this planet. And the crowning glory of God's creation, of course, was human beings. Male and female, he created them in his very own image. And he placed them into an idyllic environment. So after the first chapter of Genesis, we get that they were placed, the first human beings, Adam and Eve, into the Garden of Eden with the commission to work and care for the land. But it didn't take long for this wonderful creation to be marred by disruption, disharmony, disobedience. It broke the relationship between those first human beings and God. They broke off their relationship with him by... Um, Sakim talk, we say in PNG, or Sakim talk blongot. How would you translate that? Sakim talk blongot. 
make what God said as nothing and then do the opposite of it, something like that, sucking talk. Sometimes, for me, it's easier to think of the word in talk prison than the word in English that really says it. I'm used to hearing that sucking talk. If someone really disobeys me and is so rude to me, I would say, all sucking talk below me. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from, the origin of that. Sucking talk. But anyway, that's what it means, and that's what Adam and Eve did. That's what they did. And then we see not only their relationship with God broken, then between themselves. Because Adam and Eve blamed, or Adam blamed Eve. Then Eve blamed the other creation, part of the other creation. Well, she blamed Satan, actually, who was a created being. And then their children, one murdered the other. So we have this great um, harmonious creation turning into disharmony. Absolute disharmony. And now we're still in the after effects of that. And we continue it on ourselves, don't we? In general, we're not perfectly mm, coming to a good harmonious relationships with all people. And faced with this situation, then God promised forgiveness and redemption to the world and for us to trust in that promise. And when the time had fully came, he gave his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Paul writes that in Galatians. Through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, everything that comes between us and God is dealt with because he has suffered the punishment and paid for the sin and guilt of us and by his spirit he draws us into this family which is the church which is made up of all people uh, goes beyond our um, earthly families and brings us together here and gets us to know all of us here for example it was a major thing in Papua New Guinea the good news coming, because they lived in isolated, separated groups for a long time. And they feared their neighbors over the mountain. And they were enemies of them. They killed each other. And they didn't move beyond their area from that fear. And when the gospel came, that broke all of that down. And people came together. And they still talk about that, about the peace that was brought because of the gospel and people could come together hmm, that formerly were separated from each other. And um, I mean, Papua New Guinea, as I said in the first service, breaks the Guinness Book of Records with um, languages of in the number of population, which means they were all separated from each other. Okay, so they had to come together somehow by learning someone else's language that happened. So the story goes that they learned the Kote language, the Yabim language mainly, Bell in Madang, and then of course Tokpizen also helped to unite people together and be able to communicate with each other. Just imagine, you know, traveling from here to Port Douglas and it's another language in Port Douglas. Just imagine that. I don't think we can imagine that in Australia. 
Um, but St. Paul wrote to the Romans, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. Paul wrote. And then he added that he gives us this ministry of reconciliation. I guess the um, Aboriginal peoples of this continent too had all of their languages too. And I, I should have brought that map that I have which shows all the different nations that lived in Australia, the indigenous peoples. Um, after the people scattered across the earth, when God confused their language at the Tower of Babel, there were many different cultures and languages, and, and that came up. We've just talked about that. Uh, but from the beginning of the New Testament church at Pentecost, it began as a multicultural church. If you remember what happened at Pentecost, the disciples, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, everyone gathered there at that big festival, heard the gospel in their own language. So that means <laughs> that there was a multilingual group of people who joined the church that day and the 3,000 people who were baptized. However, uh, uh, unfortunately, Christians aren't perfect and even though we're forgiven, we still cling on and show up our sin in the way we relate to other people, even within the church, as well as in our families and the wider community. So we don't have uh, a perfect relationship, unfortunately. And we can see this already in the New Testament. One of the first congregational meetings was called to discuss. It's, it's written about in Acts chapter 6, to discuss or address alleged favoritism in the way food was being distributed to widows of Hebrew and Greek background. And then the first synod, we can say, or conference, was called, you read about that in Acts 15, that was called to address cultural differences among members of the church coming from their different backgrounds. And some people thought, everyone has to do it this way. <laughs> it's the way, but that was a cultural way only, and not that was not um, the way for Christians. We could learn from each other, was what the point was made. And St. Paul obviously faced that in the congregations that he established, and one of them in Galatia from our reading, because he found it necessary to say there is neither... Jew nor Gentile. All are one in Christ Jesus. Now the Lutheran Church has always been a multicultural church and it became a more multicultural church from um, post-war when many um, refugees came out of Europe from Germany, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Finnish people, just to mention a few. Uh, and then later on, many more people have come, Chinese, um, uh, Cambodia, African, different African countries, Vietnam, Papua New Guinea has come. I can see a Papua New Guinean woman in that picture. When I went to Papua New Guinea in 1984, Madang, I lived in Madang and she's there She's from Kerawagi, but she was studying at the Lutheran School of Nursing 
in the Madang, and she's now living in Brisbane, north side of Brisbane, Nanda, I think, Nanda area. Gagum is her name, Gagum. She married a Morabi man, so there you go. Highlands and Morabi created a family. From the earliest days of the Lutheran Church in this country, this says we have included First Nations people as members of the church because some of the first Lutherans who came to this country were missionaries who brought the gospel to people. And that has generally historically been in the centre of Australia, Hermansburg, that area, um, the west coast of South Australia, Yalata, Kaniba, those places, and far north Queensland. Hope Vale, Woodrow, Woodrow, that area, so you can see the groupings that are there. And today, of course, they have thriving congregations, a number of them, quite a number of them, also are ministered to by their own Aboriginal pastors, ordained Aboriginal pastors. And in towns and cities across Australia, uh, there are members in our congregations. Sadly, however, from the time of the European settlement in Australia, things haven't always gone well in relations between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people. But in recent years, there's been a growing recognition about reconciliation across the Australian society. In 2001, a group formulated um, a reconciliation action plan to promote improved relationships amongst uh, non-Indigenous and Indigenous people. So it developed this Re Reconciliation Action Plan program to which committed and informed organisations of Australia could uh, sign up in order to show their support for this initiative. We probably walked past a bit of a poster about that for uh, quite a long time in our church at the back there. So in 2018, that's what happened. The church at its synod signed up to this plan as just one tool to help us hear better the indigenous voice and for the church to intentionally speak with, work and walk together alongside First Nations people, each learning from and valuing the other person. This is the nature of reconciliation uh, that we are aiming at at the very heart of the gospel. Bishop John Henderson said, the worth, dignity and equality of human beings is core to the Christian faith. Our participation in this program is intended for us as a church to reflect on relationships between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and other Australian members who make up the church. In the booklet that introduces our churches now, our congregation to, to this, it says this, inspired by the gospel, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the vision of reconciliation for the Lutheran Church of Australia is to bring to life an expression of ministry that helps all peoples recognize, understand, value, and respect the histories, cultures, lands, and contributions of First Nations people as we honour our common humanity and provide each other with equal opportunity to flourish together as we grow 
as God's people. The logo for it that's on our poster was drawn by a then nine-year-old Aboriginal boy, Henry, and uh, he explained it a little bit. He's from the, yeah, you can see there, he's um, from Central Australia. Anyway, he explained a few things that there are, you can see these eyes all around the cross. This shows that there are many ways in which reconciliation can be viewed. And there are many colored dots that make up the cross which show the different paths our lives will take as we walk together. There are flowing sort of blue colors there, the color of water, which meet at the center of the cross, which remind us that each of us are reconciled with Christ in our baptism and together we are all children of God. And you can also see that there's an eye in the middle of the cross, which is God's eye, always watching over us as we come and go and calling us back to himself when we falter in our life as baptized Christians. As our text teaches us, by our baptism, we are, we are equally members of the one holy Christian church of which Jesus Christ is the head. In far north Queensland, at Hopevale, at their school, is this sign, Jesus loves us all. And this is the heart of the gospel. It's the basis for our oneness and it's what motivates us to do the ministry of reconciliation that Christ has given to us, his people. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen.